Hey everyone, welcome back to the IntelliGame Club, where each month we take a game and discuss its broader themes through two episodes. My name's Jenny, and I am the curator and the host for IntelliGame Club, and I'm really happy that you decided to join us today. Last episode was the first of the two-episode arc for She Dreams Elsewhere, so we had the opportunity to chat with developer and studio founder Davion Gooden. This week, we'll be talking with folks about their experiences and thoughts while playing the She Dreams Elsewhere demo itself. If you haven't played the demo for She Dreams Elsewhere, I highly recommend you jump in and play it to provide some context to the discussion you're about to listen to. It's available for free via Steam, itch.io, and studiosavir.com. Josh and I mentioned this in both the blog post and in the last episode, but please take note that the game and the demo do introduce some pretty heavy topics relatively quickly, so if you're not wanting to consume media dealing with topics like social anxiety or depression, please do keep that in mind. But we hope that with this format of being a podcast, you can jump into this discussion and this game whenever the mood does strike. For this first discussion, I'm so excited to be joined by two incredible people. Josh, the founder of IntelliGame, is jumping in on this first discussion episode, and while he doesn't necessarily need an introduction here, I'd be remiss if I didn't use this opportunity to compliment him on his many accomplishments. In addition to founding and running IntelliGame, he's helped organize events like Oricon, as well as as part of the group that organizes Unparty for GDC, the Game Developers Conference. In addition to that, you'll see him both moderating and participating in panels on all manner of topics at events like TwitchCon, pretty much any PAX event, and more. Yeah, Josh is pretty dang cool, and yes, I am using this moment as an excuse to compliment him where he can't stop me. You can find Josh on Twitter at Wallstormer, as well as Twitch at twitch.tv Wallstormer, as well as the IntelliGame socials. In addition to Josh, we're also honored to have Khalif Adams joining us this week for our discussion, and he's another person who has made some really great waves in the content creation side of the industry. You'll know him best as the host and owner of Spawn on Me, a video game podcast featuring and spotlighting gamers and developers of color. And in addition to having the show featured in the New York Times, NPR, Xbox's YouTube channel, GameSpot, and IGN, Spawn on Me has also been active towards fundraising and donating towards social causes with their platform Spawn for Good. In addition to Spawn on Me, you'll find Khalif hosting various gaming events like The Mix, as well as participating in panels and podcasts all around the gaming sphere. So, basically, another person who I really respect and admire, and I am so excited to have been able to share some talk time with. So, without further ado, let's jump into the discussion and see what we all thought about the She Dreams Elsewhere demo. All right. Well, welcome everyone into the discussion portion of the podcast. I'm super excited. We not only have Josh here, but we have Khalif. Hello. How are you today, Khalif? Hello. I'm super, super, super excited <laughs> <laughs> to rock with y'all. Uh, and uh, again, thank you for having me. And uh, none of the things you hear are going to be true uh, about me during <laughs> this episode. Uh, they're all going to be lies and fictional tales. Uh, we already waxed poetic, so you know there's no denying it. It's already been said. Oh, see, I, <laughs> see, I appreciate that. See, it's like going back in time to like plead the fifth, which is great, right? <laughs> which definitely makes it effective <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, but yeah, we're so excited to have you here today because, again, we're we're playing and talking about She Dreams Elsewhere. And so before we jump into the discussion questions that 
for viewers or listeners, I guess. I keep saying viewers, but folks really can't see <laughs> viewers like anything. You. Viewers like you who listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. um, for folks who are listening in, if you haven't gotten to see the discussion questions, do head on over to Intelligame.us because they are posted there as well as a link to the demo that we're talking about today. So you can go in, press pause on this, play, think about those questions, and then come back and hear what we we are talking about as well. But before jumping into those, I wanted to talk to you, Khalif, and Josh about where you heard about this game, kind of what were your feelings about it before even jumping into the demo itself? Yeah, um, I, I remember hearing lots of different things about the game from multiple folks. Um, I remember especially one, one gent um, who I know who works over at um, a couple of different studios was like, hey, there's this game that I got a chance to see and got a chance to check out. And you need to actually go and, and play it. I think I remember at um, it was definitely at an indie indie event, um, and folks were kind of buzzing around a couple of stations too. But I never got a chance to actually like go and touch it and see it because uh, I was working the show and trying to figure out ways to to, to do all the other parts of the work. Um, but I'd heard a lot of buzz around it and was just like super curious about it. And then when you said that I should check it out for the show. Um, I definitely ran down and, and, and downloaded things and, and and got a chance to run through it. So it's been really cool to be able to check it out and then also be able to have this discussion about it later is even, even better. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. Too. For me, I've heard about the game. Uh, well, gracious, there are a number of games that I've heard about and played because Jenny has told me <laughs> to go play them. And uh, I was at Game Devs of Color Expo last year, and Jenny was like, you need to go find this game. Uh, she Dreams Elsewhere. And I promptly did not find it. Like, that that show is just so, so packed. And so I missed it. But then since we decided to cover it for Game Club, uh, I got the chance to go ahead and, and give it a look through, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, Game Club is my excuse to make everyone play the games that I think are really cool. <laughs> this is my secret plan. I love it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, It's this game is just so incredible with a lot of just like the artistic sort of eye behind it, as well as a lot of the themes. Like that's what really hooked me, honestly, were some of the themes that I saw Davion trying to present, you know, even in this demo, which I thought was super ambitious. Um, in the questions, to reflect before playing, we talk about uh, self-talk, or I guess one of the questions asks about self-talk, because this is something that comes up pretty much from the get-go in the game um, with the character of Thalia. And so I was wondering, before we jump into specifically with the characters of the game um, and how they perhaps go through self-talk and navigate their worlds. I was wondering how does self-talk affect both of you in your lives? Well, uh, huh, let's see. <laughs> uh, usually when I'm on public transportation. No, <laughs> but, yeah. but it is one of those things where I'm, I'm usually having this running dialogue with myself anyway, and it's various, you know, aspects to, you know, positive and negative versions of it. So I know mm -hmm. when I need, boost the self-confidence i kind of walk my way walk myself through the scenario or the issue or the problem and try to figure out ways to kind of hype myself up like everyone needs their own hype person um mm -hmm. and I, I usually have that voice in my head to kind of help do that but i also you know poke at myself often enough when it comes to 
you know, did you do a thing well, or did you continue to, you know, get a thing done that you didn't say you were going to get done? And did you knock it out of the box? Like it's, it's always a lot of, um, kind of poking and prodding at myself to make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to be doing. Um, so it is mm-hmm. that internal dialogue that is like my internal checkbox list. It's like, all right, did you did did you knock this thing out? Did you pay attention? So um, I'm always thinking about those things and trying to make sure that I'm like listening to that voice inside my head. Yeah, I think for me, it's my my relationship with self talk has never been particularly good. Um, I am not the kind of person who instinctively believes that they've done a good job, <laughs> like which I have come to learn is is an association and a bit of my own personal experience with my my special brand of anxiety and depression um therapy has has helped to to help me better understand what some of my like triggers are and i think that even just in the past couple years i've come to have a better understanding of what influence self-talk has had on me because i just kind of assumed that everybody talked shit about themselves all the time uh, and that apparently is not super the case, but, um, but it has been interesting. It was interesting playing through She Dreams Elsewhere and seeing such a concrete manifestation of what happens in my head on a regular basis. It's, uh, it, it was both alarming and also like slightly comforting, but probably more alarming. It was probably more alarming. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm kind of with, um, I mean, with both of you on this one, where I I personally tend towards the more critiquing component of self-talk, uh, because I think the nature of what we all do, to be honest, as creators, I feel like in people in this particular industry, um, personally, I know as a dancer, it's something that is very normalized, I think, is, yeah. is this sort of neg- like, n- maybe not always negative, but always um, kind of looking for where you can continue to both hype yourself up and continue to talk yourself up, but also like, well, that question of, well, what could I have done more of? I think, Khalif, you said that's something that we're constantly kind of, whether explicitly or not, sort of told to ask ourselves, I think. Um, And I think that's a really interesting just question to constantly be asking yourself, because if you're always asking yourself, what more can I do? Then at a certain point, your self-talk may start just being like, well, that's nothing is ever enough. Why can't it be just like, I did good. Like this was good. <laughs> um, Sounds like you've been in my head once know? or twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, I did my research. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. It's one of those things where it's like, if we're always asking ourselves, like, what more can I do? Eventually we'll, we're never going to be able to tell ourselves like that was enough. I feel like mm. it's like very habit forming in that way. And I think it's really interesting because at the start of the story, like Thalia is is struggling. Like it's so interesting. You can see, you know, the thought bubble above her head. You can see her internal mo- monologue, um, and and she's struggling. And so, kind of jumping into the game and the demo itself, how did it feel to play a character who was already going through so much already, like from the get go in the demo, and doesn't really fit what we normally think of as like the hero of a game. Mm. I instantly didn't like her, and and that was because mm, of the really yeah, it was well it, it, a little bit of you know history is like I've had so many folks in my life who, um, have been kind of drama filled, mm-hmm. so that and so that that was a trigger for me it was like oh you're gonna be a lot of work 
<laughs> and it's mm. and it's and it's like oh man like it's not like i don't have the ability to walk through processes with folks and i i actually really enjoy it like i think that that's one of the things mm-hmm. that i appreciate is having those really intimate conversations and relationships with people where you kind of strip away the bullshit and you're like so what's right. the actual thing that's happening here like what's what's wrong like can we get to that part and seeing someone go through the process of having that internal dialogue outwardly in a way that I can see and, and I'm throwing up air quotes here, it initially mm-hmm. made me kind of averse to her. And I was like, oh, no, we're going to have to try to work through your problems on in the, on yeah. the fly and try to get this thing done <laughs> and try to figure it out. And I feel bad. And like I kind of felt bad initially because I was like, that's kind of crappy to automatically just like... um feel like you have this boundary between you and this character just because of the hangups that you mm. that you have um so it was really interesting to kind of initially get thrown into the deep end of the of her mental pool um yeah you really do and it, and, it, and it was like okay all right so this is going to be some work that we have to try to figure out but then it, you know you keep going and you keep seeing how the process works but it was it was hard initially it, it like totally threw me off in the beginning mm-hmm it, it's interesting that you bring up that like I initially didn't like that that you didn't initially like Thalia because I initially didn't like Amia mm. like I, I and it was probably for a similarly set reason right was that like when when I saw the stuff that Thalia that what Thalia was going through in her head that resonated with me and I was like I get what you're going through and this is like super tough and then Amia shows up and is just like what are you doing? You're wasting time. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go, let's party, let's uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you obviously do not know or do not care what I'm going through right now. So you can, any number of vulgar words. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it was really interesting to like, to have that experience. And I think one of the, one of the interesting things about the demo as a whole, um, and maybe this, this resonated with your experience, but um you end up reevaluating some of those those thoughts that you had about those characters, even in just the time of the demo, mm. because they they become mm-hmm. more rounded characters. You see more of of like the experience and understanding like the relationship that even if even if Amia doesn't understand what what Thalia is going through, or maybe she does. I don't know. Maybe we'll find that out later in the game. Um, she still is really concerned about having Thalia's back. It just was in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. And I don't know whether or not Thalia is comfortable with it. Uh, but that was really interesting for me. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like when I met Thalia, it was weird because I, I didn't dislike her, but I was just kind of like, oh, no. <laughs> like, there was just, I I just had that sinking feeling where I was just like, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to take this mm-hmm. journey with you, oh, wow. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like, because I think I, and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, some of the thoughts that she was thinking, you know, about like how she like woke up and she's like, man, already this day is ass, you know, it's like, I can empathize with that for sure. Um, But then I, I think I saw, and and maybe this is kind of like going off of what Khalif was saying, but I saw like the empty pizza boxes and the wine bottles. And I'm like, I, I know people, Mm -hmm. I've had people in my life who are very close to me who are like have gone through that are going through that and it's like 
just that sinking feeling of just seeing. I'm like, I know what this is, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm ready to dive in. That was so this me is hard. Too. That was so me yeah, too. it's like, and it's like, I I had like I cared for her already, but it was that care that I was like. I almost feel like I need to protect myself a little mm-hmm. bit from this character. <laughs> oh my god, we had so many of the same thoughts. It was so like that. Yeah. It was so like that. It was like I want to be here for you, but I don't know if I'm ready. It's like in that same way of just like you woke up at at nine eight nine p.m. at night. Like I woke mm-hmm. up, and now you're the first person I am meeting to be able mm-hmm. to have this conversation, and this is the first energy that you're giving to me, mm-hmm. and I'm not ready for that energy yet. Like, it's going to take me a minute to absorb that and figure that out. But really quickly, I want to poke at what you shared about. It's it's Amia. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I instantly was attached to Amia because of, um, really quick, uh, when I was going to therapy, we had this conversation around love languages. Mm-hmm. And one of my love languages giving shit. And she's a mm-hmm. shit giver. And I, I was like, was, oh, I instantly like you. Six love languages. It's the official term. Yeah, I'm sure shit. that there's an actual, like, <laughs> real <laughs> term for that. Like, I want that to be the Pokemon. Like, what's your power? I want, um, I want Khalif's version of the five love languages. Right. <laughs> I might have probably all screwed. Um, but, it, but it was that, like, oh, you know, let me let me give you the kick in the ass that you need to get you over that mm. over that initial hurdle that I can see that you're that you're facing. And, and, you know, we have this conversation often around, like, you need to meet with people where, they, where they're at and also just not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give your energy to people. Let them kind of accept it. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see them kind of doing that instant battle of, like, I'm, I'm having these issues that I can see you're, you're going through, but um, you're not really, like, meeting me yet by trying to push me out the door. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean by that, by that Josh. Like, I, I know what that energy feels like, and it sometimes isn't great. Uh, but I was like yeah. instantly attached to her. I was like, "Oh, you're great. I like you." I, oh mm-hmm. gosh, I was. Uh, no, <laughs> that's fine. I could I could go on about this, but there's there's so much more demo to talk about. Yes, yes, sorry. It's true. It's true. Well, and it's tough. I think because this kind of alludes to the fact that um, because this is a demo, like I didn't know if maybe. These char- like it had been established that these characters already how well do they know each other? Because Amia does just kind of pop in, right? And so you don't know initially if Amia is like random neighbor next door, mm. best friend, like sister, family. You know, you don't quite know their relationship initially. You kind of just guess through contextual like the dialogue and then further relationship like development in the demo. So I think it's it was rough for me because I. I was torn about Amia because I was like, I, I can't tell if she's doing this because maybe maybe Thalia and Amia talked about it. And Thalia was like, yo, Amia, if I'm in this place, like, I won't like it, but come and get me. Mm. You know, like, it might be that situation. Or is Amia just oblivious or, you know, isn't, you know, like meeting meeting Thalia where she is. And so it's like, I, I actually wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's difficult, right? Like, the you know, the concept of a demo is that it's a vertical slice, right? So you should have, right. or at least my understanding of a demo is that like, you should have pretty much everything you need to know in, in terms of like story and character. Like, obviously, you know, you're not going to know backstory and history and where everything goes. Mm-hmm. But like, through subtle cues or I guess just straight exposition, you should kind of know everything that you need to know just from that, uh, from that slice. And so mm-hmm. to me, I, I couldn't take in the idea that 
maybe they had this conversation and she gave her permission mm-hmm. to do this thing. Like there, because there wasn't anything in the demo that would have conveyed to me that they had that backstory. Mm-hmm. Because even if they were having that bit of struggle, I think that having a piece of dialogue or some line that said like, hey, you know, thanks for doing this. But it really felt like she basically was getting dragged out of the house by force. Um, <laughs> I mean, she and, was, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so to me, it was it was difficult. But again, I think it's partly because of how I felt like I really resonated with, with Thalia's experience and the ways that, um, mm. I guess, similarly, I, I feel like I've only recently understood that perhaps my, my love language is time. Mm. And so for me, it's about like, I'm, and I'm also terrible at gifting, so gift, gifts are not a thing for me. But like being able to spend dedicated one-on-one time with somebody is probably the most important way that I cement relationships. And so mm-hmm. if I'm going through a rough time and your answer is to like, as somebody who's close to me, drag me out of a space where I, I feel like I can process some of this stuff into a space with a bunch of different social scenarios and situations and people who i don't care about or whatever um that is that is very difficult for me and it it Mm. sets up the stage for future problems so i guess yeah it's interesting how our our own personal experiences you know inform so much of not just you know uh, inform so much of how we process the information that's come across in the same demo we all play the same demo but take away these these different impressions Mm -hmm. yeah well, and that's kind of a, a really nice segue into um, just the greater social scenario that is taking place in this demo, which is the party scene. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of the places I think that uh, the developer Davion establishes like incredible sort of realism with the characters and how they interact um, and and how they talk with one another and are in this space of a just like a house party. Um, and I wanted to talk about some ways that you all felt that this was just made more real as you were playing. Mm. It, it instantly made me physically itchy. I was like, oh, mm. we're going to have, <laughs> now we get to play the small talk mini game. And I was like, no, <laughs> I hate small talk. Small talk is bad. No, we're going to play that part. Um, he he nailed it. Like <laughs> the, the, when I got into that scene, I was like, oh, like all the feelings that I would feel when I'm going into a party, even with my old ass age, I'm just like, oh, how do I figure out how to navigate these spaces? And it's interesting because like Taya knows most of the folks who are in that space, but even mm-hmm. knowing most of the people in that space, it still doesn't remove the anxiety that goes along with it and the, and the posturing and the trying to figure out like, where do you restart a conversation that you didn't have or you know all those small little mini games that you play with people while you're in those public spaces <laughs> it's so weird that i still feel those ways and haven't figured out ways to navigate them in kind of smart ways for myself that don't mm-hmm. involve me just dipping out <laughs> and also <laughs> like, that's real <laughs> you know what i mean and then like good ways to kind of manage it and like set expectations for myself in kind of the room which I think that yeah. Davion really like laid down fairly well with the kind of maneuvering between people and talking to folks. Um, yeah, it was it was it was really well done. It was specifically well done in terms of um, some of the stuff we're going to talk about in a minute. But yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's like 
I I already am not a person who does parties. Like I enjoy people, I love people, but mm-hmm. I just again, yeah, itchy is like a great way to put it because I think about like going to a party with people, and all of a sudden, like my palms get a little sweaty, mm-hmm. and. Because right before the party, Thalia already has her own negative dialogue about like, <clears throat> excuse me, about how she's not looking forward to it. That like even more so put me <laughs> in the headspace of just really like I was not looking forward to this party. And normally like talking to other characters in games is one of my favorite things to do. I'm like, I could just talk to NPCs all day long. Like that's the best part of games. I love Harvest Moon for that reason. You know, all of that stuff. And I was just like, oh, I have to talk to this next person now. Okay. <laughs> what? Hopefully they, like, I don't know if they're going to ask me a question. And then when they made you pick between, like, two different topics of how to continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. my gosh. That that got me. It, like, stressed me out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Because the, the party didn't didn't hit me that same way. I was, I was... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, I definitely felt that tension and sort of the fatigue because I, I really didn't want to be there. Like, I wanted to be in the the apartment of the, like, the cosplayer. Like, there's mm. a, I can't oh, remember, yeah. I can't remember dude's <laughs> name. But he's just like, yeah, I'm just, like, hanging out, watching anime. And I was like, yeah, I'll just stop you. He was That's so fine. cool. End of demo. Like, I don't need <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like, for me, by the time I get into sort of, like, the work groove, so to speak, um... I'm, it is less tense for me. So like getting in there and making this enough small talk to be able to like push the thing forward was okay-ish. Um, but I thought that it was really interesting having that dialogue with, and geez, I should have brushed up on everybody's names. Um, but the the woman who was near the, the top of the screen, uh, mm-hmm. and she's like obviously unhappy with you. And Thalia is like trying to make small talk and she's really not having it. Mm. Um, And so like it was those kinds of situations, the like nuance inside those those different uh, interactions that to me led to the point where, you know, by the time she finally like has the panic attack and runs to the bathroom that it's because of like, oh, wait, here are all these situations that reminded me why I didn't want to be here in the first place. Um, that, that was pretty intense. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That was actually the specific thing that uh, the small talk option I was thinking of. That was the specific one. Cause you have to choose between like complimenting her outfit and one other thing. And it's those two options. It's like, I've, I think most anyone's been in a situation where you're small talking with someone and it's like, you talk about the, like the weather, and what they're wearing right and, like just seeing those two options and knowing Heard that you got she a was new just, job mm-hmm. exactly and she was being so i mean because i assumed and again this is not knowing context of what's going on with thalia but i'm like i assume thalia probably like left her on read for something bailed on her something went down between them where it's like there was definitely not the trust and mm-hmm. friendship there anymore and so i was like i wish there was a third option that was like piece out of that conversation versus like trying to make small talk right Mm -hmm. yeah but those are those are some of the interesting things i think about like i love playing games with named protagonists right like so frequently Mm -hmm. a game like this with just kind of styled off of like earthbound or persona it's about like slotting yourself into the situation 
but mm-hmm. it's it's sometimes nice to be like, nope, this is what Thalia is doing. I would love mm-hmm. to walk away from this conversation. Thalia does not walk away from this conversation. And like right. having to confront some of those scenarios because it's not necessarily what we would do, but it's what the character is doing and we're learning about that character's experience, I think is mm-hmm. really useful. Mm. Yeah, this this game definitely does a great job of of getting us to act like Thalia in different ways and like really get in her head. Like not just yeah. because we see her internal monologue, but like start thinking about how she would process certain conversations for sure. Well, and one thing I wanted to talk about, which we have not talked about yet, the music in the I game. I was going to say, is Black Gatsby <laughs> needing to be on my Spotify and Apple playlist and all my things? Okay. Yeah, y'all have to check out this soundtrack. If nothing else, it is one of the best. I think it's one of my favorite soundtracks of, since it's coming out 2020, it's going to be my favorite soundtrack of 2020. Like, I'm willing to make that statement right now. <laughs> it is good. Um, and so I wanted to talk about just, like, some of the uh, additional elements, not just narratively, um, because it's, like, the soundtrack, the art, uh, the characters as well. But this is all made by a person of color. And this is, like, an industry and a medium where, like, black folks and blackness is, like, not really present mm-hmm. in sort of the everyday like I think or in, in not everyday but it's you know it's not really present and so what has it been like to like play a game that's just like has all of these things and is sort of just like unabashedly about like who this is like who this person is and where they come from I mean the things that, uh, just from the dialogue alone made me feel at home in in lots of ways where you know, back to that party scene, like I hardly ever hear or see the word, the word word uses a confirmation for a part of a con, a part of context. Yeah. Like I use it all the time in, in every form of my life, um, but I don't ever see it in game form. Like it's never in game dialogue. Like you end a mm-hmm. sentence like, oh yeah, word. And then that's the end of that part of the, the part of the phrase, right? Um, yeah. So things like that like really brought me into it. In a, in a good way, it also definitely made me feel like once the all the ingredients kind of come together, the music and the dialogue, and then more of the character building, I'm going to find that one person who I'm really attached to because it is coming mm-hmm. from the viewpoint of someone who is a person of color making a game like this, and mm-hmm. and, and and having those you know interact interactions um, be so prevalent. Um, like it, ma- it made me think of so many different versions of that one scene that I would love to have, would have loved to have played through because of the things I think about as a black person at a party when I'm not in a party that's just full of other brown folks and that, that, right. that mix and match between, you know, between groups. So uh, I was really excited for, for just knowing that it was going to be a thing that he was making. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now, now it's like playing itself out in the ways that I was hoping. Yeah, there it, it's it's kind of interesting for me because, you know, like growing up as a black man, but as somebody who has often had the kind of like notions of blackness challenged because I like to a majority white school and that kind of stuff. Um, even just that instance of like walking into the party and hearing, you know, hearing this soundtrack that like has gratuitous use of the N-word and all that stuff, like to me that feels comfortable, right? But I, I'm instantly thinking about what does this mean 
for a group of people who is not me, right? And so mm. it's, and maybe it's because that's just where I've spent so much of my life is like interacting between these, these strangely liminal states of, of whatever when it comes to race. And so it's like, it felt really good to have this experience that I feel like I don't frequently have in games even you know it's like playing mafia 3 or something like that where it's like yeah we're taking out clansmen but like it also feels like a game that like even though it's it's head writer uh was black like it's still you know it's a it's a 2k game it's made by a huge team of people and and not everybody has that experience um mm -hmm. whereas like this game <laughs> you know uh, Davion was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my lived experience and and package it into this game, um, and that felt really good. Um, I I think I'm really intrigued to see sort of like what doors are opened when people play this game and say like, oh wait a second, I didn't realize that I could take like my stuff and put it in a game, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. You know, for me, it's kind of like you were just saying, Khalif, to me, it would be really interesting. Like what happens when you're at like a like mixed race party and now you've got like code switching to factor into mm -hmm. it, right? Like because that mm -hmm. is such a big part of it for me. And like what would it mean to expose somebody through gameplay to the differences in like, and yeah, we joke about it. And like there's that Key and Peele sketch where Obama is like shaking hands with different people oh, in the line yeah. right and he'll like you know get real in with with like black folks and then when it's white people it's like oh it's um it's good to see you you know um but like that's a that is a lived part of my experience and i never thought about the idea of translating that into gameplay until playing mm -hmm. this so mm -hmm. i i'm really intrigued by thinking about what ways people will think about changing their own portrayals of gameplay um after playing a game like this, which is so unapologetically black. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's, it was, I think it just felt really good to play for me because I was just, because I could feel it just, it just felt really good. And it just felt really good to see like, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into words, but it was just really nice to not see the same thing. Yeah. Sure. Like, like just as as a person who plays a lot of games, they they just end up feeling very similar in a lot of ways. And so because, like you said, Davion drew so heavily from personal experience, like this did not feel the same. And it, I'm really excited, like you said, to hear and see what people do coming from this because, yeah, I just it felt more like people like each character felt more like a person to mm -hmm. me. Um, because of just how much he just drew from his life and you could see it and feel it and everything. It was great. Yeah. And it definitely made me feel like, oh, I under, like, we know it's that weird thing of like, you look around the room and you're like, you do the head nod. You're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> and it felt like that a lot in, in, in those initial, in, initial scenes for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one thing we haven't talked about really, because we've talked about a lot of like the real world stuff in she dreams elsewhere but there's like a whole other world <laughs> that you jump into <laughs> that is definitely not the real world it's this like surreal shadow subconscious world called oblivion it is both beautiful and trippy and scary and wonderful like very persona-esque 
I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a world that is supposed to represent a lot of Thalia's and the side characters' like own fears and sort of subconscious. And so I wanted to talk about just kind of like what we thought when we first entered Oblivion. Yeah. It was interesting because I th- I was trying to... I think what I do most times when I play games is as soon as I see something new, I try to connect it to something else that either I've played before or an analog that makes sense in my brain. And initially when the first kind of like quote unquote monsters came up, I was like, what is happening here? Like, I don't have a frame of reference for what these things are supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. And that was a thing that was a little bit um, of a mini roadblock for me because I was thinking about it a lot. I was like, why does this thing look like this? Why does it have these arms? And what is it about that? Like, it doesn't have um, <laughs> lore yet in the same ways that most of the games that I play have in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know what the, the visual style is supposed to be giving. But in terms of the aesthetic, I thought that it really brought home this kind of otherworldly space, right? It definitely differentiates itself in a, in a, in a visual way that makes you think like, oh, something something weird is going to happen in these spaces that is not what the main game is going to be around or the, the, the non oblivion world is going to be around. So yeah. it was very, very cool to be able to, to dig into that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for, for me, a lot of the, that segue into oblivion was it, I, I wanted to go back to the real world. Like, I, I mean, it, you know, obviously the, um, you know, that's where a lot of the game's conflict is going to take place. That's, you know, I, I imagine that those same style battles don't happen IRL. Because um, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, cast magic IRL? <laughs> but who knows? Maybe maybe we find out that the, the world we've been walking around in that we thought was the real world was a dream. I don't know. I mean, sick um, burns are an attack. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> throw uh, those roasts out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued by it. And I, I guess I'm uh, – the time that I spent in Oblivion just made me wonder how does this tie back to, Thal- to Thalia's mm-hmm. mind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, seeing these different representations of, like, no love or, or whatnot, um, it felt like, okay, well, if these are – if this is what's going on in somebody's head, where – do, how does resolving things here affect the way that things happen in the real world? Because I, mm. I feel like the transition between – like walking from the apartment building into oblivion with like no transition to me mm-hmm. conveys that those spaces have to be connected to each other one way or another. And uh, I enjoyed the gameplay. I loved the the art of it. Um, I also liked watching Thalia get frustrated, like the little bit of meta commentary and like really yeah. another locked door. Oh, <laughs> another yeah. key. Like it, it was great to have that like subtle jab at, conventional gaming tropes um Mm -hmm. at the same time as it's like all right well we still have to deal with it so i guess we'll deal with it it was it was cool Mm -hmm. yeah i think i'm I'm of the same mind where my i really enjoy them as two separate almost like two separate stories within the same universe Mm -hmm. where it's like we had this really distinct real world experience that definitely like evoked a lot of feelings from me and then going into oblivion i was like okay like video game time. here's the game yep <laughs> yeah and so i'm really i am interested also in seeing how they connect um because you know when i saw like some of the enemies like no there was like no love 
no heart or something like that. Like those, I was like, okay, I can see them representing like her fears for not wanting like, like to connect with people, maybe, you know, the fears of like relationship sort of um, issues. But then there are these like really cute box boys. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm like, I think these are adorable, but I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> so maybe it's just a dream. I don't know. Right. Because <laughs> um, the first thing I so, thought too, I was like, what in the F are these? <laughs> Why? Yeah. What are they and doing I'm like, here? They're so cute, but I'm kind of confused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was interesting because it was like her, Thali has a dog. And the dog is what initiated that change, right. too, which I thought was really interesting. Because I'm like, I mean, is this just a you know follow the white rabbit moment where you're just like, oh, it's just the transition and that's it? Or is there something more that's going on here? Because everything else seemed to have such strong like significance. And so it was interesting for me to sort of like, I could feel myself trying to piece it together a little bit. <laughs> But what was also really interesting is Thalia isn't alone, isn't in oblivion, because um, Oliver, her friend, mm-hmm. and Amia both were able to follow her there. So that also made me wonder, I'm like, is this all, like, is this her imagining how they would react in these situations? Is this all just a figment of her imagination? I'm very interested to see. I'm excited by it, but again, because it's a demo I wasn't able to piece together more than that. Right. And then we've still got the, I, I won't call, she's basically, or she's kind of battling uh, the the weird, the like evil alter ego. Um, yeah, that exists like inside the doppelganger. Mm-hmm. We have to try and figure out, gosh, play Celeste if you haven't played Celeste, but like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, that's true. I guess we didn't even mention the fact that, like, I mean, at the beginning, she she's in oblivion, yep. and you meet this like sort of um, sort of shadow antagonist version, shadow, yeah, antagonist. Yeah, I, I assumed that it's a shadow version of herself, uh, her like the manifestation of herself, and then we go back in oblivion and and we see that again. I think it'll be interesting seeing the ways that she comes into play right because it feels like the the alter ego the shadows ability to just sort of wipe everything and control everything in oblivion um will probably have an effect on amia and oliver's abilities to to be there for thalia and like Mm -hmm. to me that was such a strong part of the the end of the game and what feels like it'll be a dominant theme is the power of relationships and the people around you to help Mm-hmm. get you through tough times but what does it mean when even when those people are trying to connect to you you can't make that connection because you're fighting a battle in your own head and and they just can't break through that barrier hmm. mm-hmm. that's a great point yeah well and that's like a really really perfect segue into sort of the final uh topic of discussion today because in, in talking about sort of the the struggles that Thalia is going through, um, we we can't not talk about the support systems that it seems like she has um, as as we're playing the game. And so, I was wondering, just kind of what support systems, you know, as you were playing this game, what have you found worked well for you uh, in just whether it was in moments of depression or just in maybe just tough times, like 
are there systems, processes, people that y'all turn to? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Sadly, the, the main support system is ribs. Because um, <laughs> I'm an emotional eater. Um, but, but, but of late, um, interestingly enough, like I think that a lot of times folks have kind of, I'm going to, again, air quote it, like traditional ways of reaching out to people that they have within their circles to say like, hey, I'm going through a thing. I, I've been leaning more on some of that um, because it's just like the older I'm getting and the more that the kind of periphery folks kind of fall away and then the, and the folks that really kind of get me understand what I need. Like those folks have been invaluable to be kind of like having my life and, and um, I'm also learning how to navigate those spaces better by I had a tendency of when I'm sad or depressed or mad about a thing, sharing that energy with people when they didn't ask for it. And it's interesting mm -hmm. because like with the ability to have technology around us at all times, like I would send an early morning text to a person to be like, yo, I saw this thing and it made me upset and learned that asking people for support and being there in your life means you have to not do that and you have to wait mm -hmm. and be patient and reevaluate like what you send and share to people um especially like early in the morning cuz you wind up ruining their day uh mm -hmm. by 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 asking for solidarity in your own emotional state and it's and it's an interesting space to be in when you try to figure out some of that stuff um so yeah it's like reaching out to to, to friends um of course gaming is a huge part of my my ability to cope with the world in lots of ways i definitely run to games as a as a place to to settle myself um mm -hmm. but also um you know i've taken a lot of time for being alone and i think like i know people talk about that in a way that seems semi-negative but it's mm -hmm. it's been something where but they talk about it in terms of like meditation but i think about it in just in terms of solitude um and how that's how that's become a more important thing for me. Um, I've decided to to try to make music in spare times to get some of that energy out of my body. Uh, trying to learn how to nice. to do a new hobby or cook. Um, all those things have kind of been the things I lean on now to to kind of settle myself when I'm not feeling good or or having some anxiety about a thing. Well, nice. if you if you're cooking. <laughs> you call me <laughs> word no doubt no doubt we can help i'll, I'll give you shit no <laughs> doubt. i'll make you ribs <laughs> i'll eat them that sounds I'm great uh, um i don't know i think this is something i still struggle with um i am not uh i'm not a really big fan of reaching out to other people and probably for a lot of those reasons that you just kind of expressed Kai like I feel like if I am talking to somebody else then I've now signed them up for whatever I'm stressing out over and like even though we when you were saying that I'm like but but fr your friends want to be there for you it's totally you know whatever um I know that in my own head like and the way that I process uh stress and anxiety and depression like I don't feel great about reaching out to other people, especially because I'm like, what are, what are they going to do? You know, <laughs> like, here's here's the thing that cures your t whatever, except like ribs could help. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think for me, I spend time doing um, 
I've tried meditation. That's helpful. Um, I seem to do better uh, with my mental health in general when I exercise. So trying to make time to go to the gym or run. Um, also spending time writing. The, of course, difficulty is that like it becomes harder to do any of those things when my state gets low. So I end up playing a lot of dead cells, which is uh, something that we'll see a post about pretty soon. But yeah, I think that trying to figure out what your what your personal ways of helping to like raise that meter back up to, to operational levels. And then, yeah, if you can, you know, bringing in a friend, therapy is really important. And especially, I think, in the black community, we don't talk a whole lot about therapy. And I think probably because for a while it was only for rich white folks. But mm. um, having somebody who you can turn to that, like, has your best interests at heart, hopefully, and also is not connected to the other people in your life so that you don't have to worry like you talk to a friend about well this is what happened and then you have to worry about well is that going to color the way that they think about these things mm -hmm. or is that going to change the way at this party whatever like your therapist is is doesn't doesn't care about those people unless they're also paying your therapist in which case they only <laughs> care about them in a, in a completely there, different context there are context. lots of other issues right that's there a, yeah that's a completely different thing the fact of the matter is that like therapy for me therapy has helped medication helps mm. uh like and not neglecting those things or thinking like oh well that is admitting some sort of weakness like it's it's admitting reality and trying to do something about your reality so that you can be the person that you want to be out in the world and that mm -hmm. uh, i think is important i think for me it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned solitude ka because I have definitely, so, so much of, I think all of us, because we all are, you know, we all do a lot of the same things, but uh, I've found that in the recent years, so much of my life has now been based on online interactions and being on social media and, and constantly being on um, in that sort of way. And so I've really, especially the past couple of months, realized how much solitude I need. Um, and I think that's a great word for it, not just like, not just like I need alone mm -hmm. time, like I need to be like away from these things that constantly turn my brain on in this specific way and like like disconnect. Um, and so I've learned for myself that that is something that I have to just plan for and just make happen <laughs> so that I don't get, you know, just burnt out. Um, but also I think, you know, the, the things that Josh said, exercise definitely is for me was interesting as I found that specific types of exercise work better than others mm. though um for me because like I, I mentioned earlier like I dance and that's so much of who I am and what I do but I found that if I'm not in a good headspace and I'm trying to freestyle oh. or like do you know do my thing and dance it actually makes it worse because I have such set expectations for what I think I should be able to do, how I should be able to perform. And so I've actually gone in, like, I love running because it's like, you don't really have to think too hard about it, um, <laughs> hopefully. And other than just the struggle busts that happen sometimes. And then, um, <laughs> I've actually been getting into like pole because I found it's been really interesting because like there are 
specific markers of like, you achieved this thing, thus you can feel success. And so it's not me just being like, well, I don't know, all dance is subjective, so it's probably not great. And I don't, you know, it doesn't (laughs) allow me to have that like self-talk that depreciates myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you can't deny that you like lifted yourself and held your body on the pole for this long or, you know, whatever, you did this trick. Um, And for me, that's been like really helpful because I'm like, it's much more objective so i can't it doesn't allow room for me to like get into a negative headspace which has been really nice Mm. but yeah and people my partner sam i think he's it's funny you mentioned the not having people connected to the things that maybe are like not having people that are doing the same thing you do is so important (laughs) it's so grounding yeah um yeah (laughs) is because yeah he is not like he enjoys video games it's like how we bonded but he's not in the industry he like has a different set of friends he is kind of my opposite in many ways and so he just like calls me on things when i need Mm -hmm. it and he knows how to do that in a way that i respond to so yeah it's so important (laughs) it's so So important important. like have have connections outside of what you do (laughs) yep Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is that is what we have time for today. Um, thank you so much, Khalif, for joining us and having this discussion. I'm really, I'm so excited. This is the first one. That was a blast. I'm re- <laughs> first of all, I don't usually talk about my feelings this early in the morning, so that was great. <laughs> I feel like that was a great way to like cleanse the soul and like set the day right. So thank you for that. Yeah. That was like actually really, really dope. Um, and I'm really excited to see where the rest of these go because I know you both do fantastic work and I love, I love being able to be a fly on the wall of all the stuff that you're doing. So thank you for letting me be a small part of it. And I'm really excited for the rest of what's coming down the line. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, well, we'd love to have you back anytime, especially if you're cooking, (laughs) you know, you could, uh, prep some ribs for breakfast. I don't know. (laughs) The expectations have been set. That's reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. It's recorded. You can't take it back. Oh, I thought we were going to edit that out in post. No, just playing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, before before we sign off for this segment, though, I was wondering, Khalif, do you have anything coming up? Um, anything you wanted to like shout out for what you're working on? Uh, we're hopefully going to be doing our next Spawn for Good event. Uh, we may be doing it yeah. towards the end of March. We still haven't locked down a date, but we're almost close. Uh, we'll be doing something mm-hmm. again with the vote folks from Vote Writers, especially because this is a, an election year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so keep your eyes and ears out for that stuff. Um, and yeah, you can find all the, the stuff that I do on all the internet places and all the podcast apps. Uh, so make sure you're checking out all those things as well. Uh, and, and thank you again for having me. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. And and as always, you know, and Intel Games always up for for support and spawn for good however we can. So um definitely be able to keep an eye on our channels to be able to to get that info too. Word. 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 <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> Listening back and reliving the discussion that we shared, what strikes me is all of the different ways that we interpreted this demo and how heavily it was based on our personal experiences. Yes, that is a super obvious statement. Of course, your personal experiences will affect the way you interpret games and any medium you consume, really. 
But what really has me excited about this particular format for the IntelliGame Club is that not only are we hoping to highlight neat games that we're excited about and creators who are doing amazing things in the space, but hopefully it'll provide a way for you and me and anyone else who's tuning in to hear a variety of perspectives and ways of thinking about the things that we love so much. Games. She Dreams Elsewhere is a heavy title that's unapologetic in how it draws from its influences, both from other games as well as real-life experiences. Ultimately, that's what drew me to it. For better or worse, Thalia's story is raw and honest and can hit really close to home in a variety of ways in its portrayal of a woman who's currently dealing with a lot internally. And like how we concluded our talk about the game as a whole, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Davion takes this introduction into her life and starts to bridge the gap between her current experiences that you start with, the surreal world of oblivion that's introduced, and how eventually that's going to translate through her journey into change, or perhaps result in no change for her life in the real world. So that's it for this episode. Be sure to keep an eye on the IntelliGame Club channel in the IntelliGame Discord, since we'll be announcing the next title and developer feature very soon. Remember that the guiding questions and topics for our discussion are also available on IntelliGame.us, so if you wanted to facilitate your own discussion on She Dreams Elsewhere with folks that you want to discuss games with, or you want to discuss any other games in the future, please don't hesitate to use these questions as starting points. And if you'd like to share any of your thoughts on She Dreams Elsewhere, have a game that you think would be a great fit for a future IntelliGame Club feature, or just want to say hi, please contact us at igc at And that just about wraps it up for this week's episode. So cheers, and I will talk to you all soon. Today's episode of the IntelliGame Club was curated and hosted by me, Jenny Windham, edited and produced by Josh Boykin, and our theme song, Sepia, was composed by Gotham Shrikashan. For more information about IntelliGame or to find out about how you can keep us going for as little as a dollar a month, head over to our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash us. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. Thank you.